I can't draw. I, I really can't draw, but I've always doodled. But I never realised it was helping me retain knowledge. Drawing out your notes can help you remember them better. I've been looking forward to this chat with Ashton Rodenheiser for ages. Ashton is a sketch notist, a sketch note artist. Hmm. She's worked with Fortune 500 companies and non-profits, sketching out live meetings on kind of giant pieces of paper, like eight, ten feet sized pieces of paper. She's also written a great book called The Beginner's Guide to Sketchnoting. So we're going to talk about what sketchnoting is, how it's different from doodling, how we get started, and Ashton goes through what a sketchnote could actually look like and tells us about her favourite pens as well, which is exciting. Check out lots of links in the show notes. Subscribe if you enjoy this episode. Let's get to it. Hi, Ashton. Hey, John. How's it going? Not bad. Thanks for doing this. I'm scribbling <laughs> already. I am. I'm actually, I've actually already started doodling on my piece of paper oh, in front of me. I love that. I love that so much. That makes me so happy. <laughs> and I, 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 I don't know whether psychologists would probably have a field day, but I tend to draw lots of boxes and then just fill them in. That's perfect. Is that like, awesome. does that does that say something? I don't know. <laughs> got to sit on a couch somewhere and somebody's going to tell me that means something or something like that. I've always done it, though. I've always doodled and just drawn things out. A lot of us do that, don't, mm-hmm. that, don't they? But it's a little bit different than what we're going to talk about, which is sketchnoting, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I feel like doodling is just the precursor to sketchnoting, so you're yeah. well on your way. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let me give you 30 seconds to tell everybody who you are and what you do starting about now. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm a live illustrator and sketchnoting educator. I'm also a mom. I have three small kids and I live in eastern Canada in Nova Scotia. For fun, I love to spend a lot of time outside. I'm currently learning how to play the bagpipes. And yeah, that's pretty much it. A very like quick nutshell. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good. You know, Nova Scotia is also other's name is New Scotland. So there you go. Fantastic. I love this idea of the bagpipes. I mean, I suppose if you live rural, you can just go out there and blow your pipes as much as you want then and not, you know, you're not going to worry too much. It's a good time. It is. Um, So sketch noting. Okay, mm-hmm. right. Let's talk a little bit about this. Um, they say if you write, so- they say if you write something down, you remember it better. Is is that true? Yeah, it is definitely true. I think going back to just you mentioning doodling, I think mm. I'm not the best when it comes to t- statistics, but I'll throw out the one that I usually like to mention, which is doodling in its own right can help you remember up to twenty nine percent more information. Right. Really? And that's just making marks on your page. Right. It has nothing to do with your the information that you're you're capturing. So the way that I see sketch noting is, you know, doodling is it's taking those doodles that maybe you're doing anyways that you probably got in trouble for at some point <laughs> in mm. the classroom yeah. and making them work for you, making them a bit more meaningful, attaching and making drawings that relate to the information and writing down the information um, in a visual way. That's really interesting, that is, about you mentioned about that doodling, because 
way, way, way back, years and years and years ago, I, I used to work on the radio, and we used to have these things called ad logs on pieces of paper, and it was basically just a list of all the adverts you had to play on the radio and what, what time to play them and things, yeah. right? And I, I would doodle over them. I, I would I'd draw little boxes and little things whilst I was interviewing people and talking to people and, and doing the show and things. I'd be doodling things. And I remember getting dragged into the office once and saying, dude, stop drawing on the ad logs. I mean, Because you had to wow. sign them and they had to go to clients and things like that, and I'd be there drawing little boxes. But does it help? Mm. Even doodling helps us remember things better. Yeah. Yeah, it is a funny thing because it has gotten a bit of a bad rap and it's doing what the opposite of what it actually is doing, right? It's mm. people think that you're being distracted and you're doing it as a distraction um, where it's actually doing the opposite and it's helping you stay focused, even though mm. it may look like you're not paying attention. Yeah, And I've just heard so many stories over the years of having conversations about this that it's, you know, people getting in trouble and then yeah. re regurgitating the information that the teacher just said or the educator yeah. just said, right? So, yeah, un unfortunately, it it's gotten such a bad rap. And I think, I really believe that doodling is such a beautiful, like, you know, non-threatening way to mm. make marks because yeah. we tend to have this, like, very odd relationship with drawing and creativity um, but doodling gives us that permission just to do things and not really put pressure on ourselves. But as soon as we introduce the word drawing or sketch, yeah. in the sketch noting, we get yeah. a little, or, you know, our back kind of stands up a little bit more straight and we'll, you know, maybe I can doodle what I can't draw. And then I'm yeah. like, but they're one in the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're just a little yeah. bit more focused in it. Um, but it is usually I say, well, if you, if you doodled or if you write letters, you know how to draw because that's all it is. Yeah, absolutely. Because right? drawings, yeah. letters are just drawings in disguise. So if you mm -hmm. can make marks in that way, you can draw. And we have to like, you know, rethink about what drawing is. And yeah. it's not necessarily something to be admired, which it has its own space for that. But it's a, a way to help us gain clarity in our thinking. Yeah, we've always. It's funny you say that because we've always been told off for doodling, haven't we? Stop doodling. Stop. Yes. Stop doodling. Yeah. But it. Yeah, you're saying it does. So, what's the difference between doodling and sketchnoting? I suppose kind of explain what sketchnoting is. <laughs> yeah, so sketchnoting is a a form of visual note taking hmm. where you combine words and drawings together. So you could take those doodles that you're doing anyways and just make them into a drawing of some sort that reflects the information. So if someone's talking about AI, maybe you draw a little computer or a little robot face mm. or something like that. And sketchnoting challenges you to think about what you're learning as you're learning it. Where more traditional note-taking that's just words, a lot of the time what happens is that you listen to somebody you write it down, you listen, you write, but you're missing the most important part, which is the thinking and the understanding. Mm. So when you go back to read just reams and reams of written words, then you're trying to do the understanding and the learning after the fact. And I feel like we're just doing ourselves a huge disservice by doing that because it's such a, it's such a more difficult way to try to process information. Whereas if you're listening to 
an educator or a podcast episode or a documentary or whatever it is that you're listening to, if you're hearing those words and you're thinking about what you're hearing, you're trying to make connections of things you've already written down, mm. you're trying to do that deeper understanding and then turn it into words and pictures. And it's really about synthesizing that information down to its core ideas and its core elements and things that are resonating with you. So that when you go, so there's the the learning in the moment, which is a beautiful thing. Mm. But then when you go back to reflect on it later, you have a visual uh, reflection of what was it that you just learned or heard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we can do that in such a quick way, right? Whereas yeah. traditional note taking with just words on pages and pages of paper, you know, we we miss that deeper understanding potentially when we're capturing yeah. in just words. Yeah, I think a lot of people. I don't know whether a lot of people. I don't know. Maybe I. Maybe it's just me. Um, find it's. I wouldn't say difficult taking meeting notes. Right. But mm -hmm. I, I always find it a little bit awkward taking meeting notes. I, I tend to to do a lot, if you know what I mean. I, I probably yeah. write too much, not word for word, but I write too much and I write a load of stuff. Yeah. And then I look at my notes afterwards and I think to myself, well, you know, 80 percent of that, I don't really need to know any of it because it, it doesn't yeah. reflect to me. So do you think scribbling little little drawings, little points, little diagrams, little things like that would would help in that aspect, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like that that understanding of the moment which you just mm. talked about, right? You just said exactly what I just said before that, yeah, you know, yeah. like we're missing that learning in the moment yeah, and yeah, yeah, you yeah. have to make decisions to like cut things out. And I think that freaks people out, yeah. <laughs> you know, be like, you don't have to capture everything. And I think when people hear the words sketchnoting or visual note taking, they think it's a complete whatever, 180 or 360 or whatever. Yeah. It is. It's. It's not replacing everything with a drawing. It's sure, because I, I, what I, you're I, writing. I, yeah. I was thinking flowcharts and and things like that. That's what I was thinking when I first saw it. But it's not that, is it? Yeah. It could incorporate things yeah. like that. You know, for for certain. But it's like the words are still really important. It's just about synthesizing it down to its core element in words and attaching and interweaving connections and pictures and drawings in it all at the same time to kind of enhance or deepen that understanding. So, you know, if a speaker is telling a funny story, you don't have to write down the whole story. You write, you draw a little probably crude little picture of what it is that you learned from that story. That's going to be more impactful for you in the moment and later when you reflect on it. I ask the same three questions to everybody who comes on the podcast. And the first <laughs> one is, uh, what is your number one productivity tip? Kind of like one thing that you would say to everybody, this is going to make you more productive. Oh, my gosh. I thought a lot about this preparing for this today. Mm. And honestly, I think for me, what I really, what works for me is actually doing nothing. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. I need to physically remove myself from my work environment and just go outside, take the dog for a 10 minute walk or just, just remove myself. Cause I find, I call it frantic energy when I'm, at the computer and yeah. I'm just like trying to get stuff done. At some point, it sometimes turns into like frantic energy and I'm actually not getting anything done yeah. because I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get stuff done. And now because you have so much pressure on yourself, you're getting nothing done. 
So I find usually like, I'll just give myself permission a couple times during the day just to go out, walk around or go refill my cup of coffee and take an extra minute or two or whatever it is to like actually just physically, like our family goes camping. And I realized why we like camping so much. And it's because I have to physically remove myself from my environment to try to relax. I find it extremely difficult to like chill or unplug or not be thinking about work or whatever, because I love what I do, but I need to physically remove myself from my environment to just be like, chill yeah (laughs) and that that. downtime and rest is so i'm just realizing recently how important that is especially someone who runs a creative business and i get paid for my creativity yeah it's uh it's even more so important for us creative folks just yeah exactly because it's it's like that whole thing be creative yeah it's 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 not like that is it it's not like you just like switch a switch and well like... i i have to when i'm doing it for mm. clients when i create these visual notes for clients which is what i do almost every day yeah. right so um i love teaching this to people but you know still my bread and butter is doing it for other people yeah and like i haven't done my numbers this year but in 2022 i created i listened to over 600 presentations and created these oh, graphics from nice. 600 like no. it's a lot oh. it can be a it's a lot you know so oh, i feel for you like 600 <laughs> powerpoints oh my god no it's awful honestly i feel like i could start a whole new business on how to like not oh, how yeah. to actually make nice powerpoints that reflect what you're actually talking about <laughs> I'm very opinionated about PowerPoint. Burn it. I'll I'll come back and we'll just talk about PowerPoint next time. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, I I like this idea of removing yourself from everything. I think it's good to learn that when as young as you possibly can, to to be honest. If there's anybody listening, it's like really young, like, I don't know, in their teens and 20s and that, you know understand that walking away from something for even if it's just for half an hour when you come back to it you 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 see it's a different you have a different perspective on it and you can usually fix the problem quicker you can sit there trying to solve a problem for hours and hours and hours and never solving it and then you you come back the following day you come back a couple of hours later and it's easy again and um Mm -hmm. yeah 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 you're right exactly yeah yeah. Um, so is sketchnoting doodling or not? And and secondly, just kind of give me a little bit of an example of what a note would look like. Just a made up note, mm-hmm. maybe a meeting note or I don't know, could be anything. doesn't matter. Just give me an example. Yeah. So, um, yeah, doodling. Yeah. Sketchnoting is taking your doodles and making them meaningful for you. Right. right? So, yeah. you know, and and I feel like you don't have to know how to actually draw to learn how to sketch note. Right. And usually what I do, and I spend a lot of time when I'm teaching this to people, we start with drawing a line. And you could actually make a pretty aesthetically pleasing sketch note with just words and lines because everything comes from a line. Letters come from a line, boxes, circles, people, like anything that you're gonna draw comes from a line. And I work with a lot of people who haven't picked up a pen in a long time. So we have to start really rudimentary and simple and basic as something as simple as a line. So 
align, if you're having information, let's say scattered around your page and you want to capture on blank paper, hmm. okay, no lined paper because right. you'll go back to the default mode of capturing on the lines. Well, I've, I've got so a problem imagine... already because I might have <laughs> no lined paper. Oh, dear. Preferably plain white paper or plain yep. whatever paper. Yep. And you're capturing your information. Let's just say you've got it in all over your page, right? Because you're not yeah. sure where things are going to go. And then you use a line to help connect ideas, right? So maybe yeah. you have one piece on one side and one piece of information on the other side. And you're like, oh my gosh, these should live together, but they live on separate parts of the page. That's too bad, mm -hmm. right? Like, because maybe you didn't know. So you use a line to help make connection. You can also use it to do the opposite, to separate. Maybe there was two huge main ideas. So you literally just put a line in between them so you can show that there's separation between them. You can also sh use a line to show the flow or the direction of information, mm. right? He said this, then he said this, then he said this, then he right. said this. So you're just using yeah. a line to make the connection of the flow if that's important to you. You can also use it to highlight, throw a few lines under a word to really make that stick out or use little spark lines around a piece of information that you really want to stand out. Now you have a sketch note that's just words and lines, but it's doing lots of different things. It's highlighting. So when you go back to look at it later as well, you can see what stand out, what belongs together. Right, because the content is always going to be most important, mm. but using something as simple as a line to be able to make those connections and so show that separation or bring it to life a little bit, you could just do that and draw nothing else. And you would still experience a lot of benefit from starting to introduce this idea of visualizing mm. this yeah. information. Yeah, I, I would imagine blank paper would scare a lot of folk. I mean, I mean, because it, it's just yeah. it's just like <laughs> blank, isn't it? What, what about that paper with like little dots all over it? Do you say is that still bad? Yeah, well, I think it's like whatever you want to do or whatever you have. Mm. I think the beauty of sketch noting is that it's very uh, low barrier to entry. Right. You can just choose whatever you have. You don't need like people are always asking me about tools and markers yeah. and I'm, and I, you know, I'll share with them, but I'm also trying to really encourage them. Like whatever you have is good enough. You know, I didn't have fancy markers for the first few years of doing this. I just had whatever I had that was like cheap at the, yeah. at the store or whatever. Right. Like it wasn't, you don't need anything special. And if you have bu no, a bullet journal with the dots, paper, yeah, if you have yeah. one, you know, use whatever you have, but don't, don't feel like, well, because I don't have special mm. paper or special markers, I can't do it. Um, some people prefer to do a digital and that's cool too. If you have a drawing app on your iPad or what have you, mm. uh, you can, I find the learning curve for that can be a little bit harder. So I try to encourage people to start on paper, but if you're always carrying your iPad around with you anyways, and maybe not paper, then, you know, capture on that. It doesn't mm. really like, there's really like no right or wrong way to do it, which sure. is really kind of fun as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then you can start to, after you do some lines, you can turn those lines into containers, which it sounds like you do a lot of. And containers are really beautiful because they can do a lot of the things that lines can do, but they can also emphasize ideas, right? Yeah. You put a main idea into a little box yeah. or it can 
emphasize a, a concept. So you make the container into the shape of whatever it is that's going on. The example that I gave earlier is like a little computer, right? Like you could draw two little squares and now it's like an iPad screen or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that around yeah. it, right? So you can start to use containers to do things that lines can do, but in a different way, like grouping information together. You could stick them all in little containers that are the same style so that mm. you know that they live together, for example. But I definitely honor the fact that starting with a blank piece of paper can be extremely intimidating. <laughs> so usually I just try to tell people to just make a mark. Maybe it's putting the title of whatever it is that you're listening to. Maybe it's putting the date or putting your name or just making a little doodle on it just to kind of put take that insecurity of starting with a blank page away. Second question I ask everybody uh, is <laughs> what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Could be like life advice, I suppose. That's mm -hmm. sort of sort of one of those things. Mentor, a teacher, anybody at all. What have you been told? Yeah, this one I was really, really struggling with thinking about this one. Um, but I think I'm going to go what, what came to me right away, which was around rejection. Mm. Um, because when I started my business doing this many years ago now, the constant rejection was, it was pretty awful. I'm mm. not going to lie. Yeah. And I, and I definitely would not be here today talking to you if I would have let that rejection get yeah. to me. Yeah. And as creative people, if not to say it's worse, but it kind of is in a sense yeah. when you yeah. get rejected because it feels like you are, it's not that they're saying no to your service, they're saying no to your service and your creativity, yeah. like yeah. your your creative energy in the yeah. world. And that stings like extra. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It's horrible, um, so, isn't it? It's horrible, isn't it? I mean, w w when yeah. I was when I was trying to get into into the radio biz, like I mean, we're talking mm -hmm. like late eighties here because I'm really old. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I sent I got four hundred re rejection letters in the loft, and it, yeah. it's like, and you, and you at the beginning you feel as if they're rejecting your voice, you're, they're rejecting your personality, they're re rejecting everything you are, but they're not. They just maybe not even got a job going, or they might not just need you. Yeah, it's. It's not a good time. So mm. if you can just get beyond it, there is another side. Yeah. I think you get to a place, there is a place you get to, for me anyways, that you believe in your work or yeah. your whatever it is that yes. you're doing so much that if they decide not to work with you, it's too bad for them. Yes, and right? it's, it's sort of like not give a crap attitude about it, really. I don't, <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? It's, I don't care. It's like, it's like, well, it's. I see that you chose to not work with me. That's yeah. too bad because I know the people in the room, for me anyways, like I know the people in the room would really benefit mm. from seeing this information visualized. Yeah. Like I believe in the value of what I do so much that it's more of a, that's too bad for them. They're missing out instead of, this feeling like this attack of like, oh, they they don't like me or they don't like my service. It's I think you take your ego out of it when you get to that point. Yeah. And it's less about yeah. yes. you and they're saying no to you and they're saying yeah. no to the service, which is really too bad because yes. you know people would benefit from it. And it allows you to have a different energy in your work as well. Yeah. 
Um, and I feel very picky about who I choose to work with yeah, yeah, these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you can't get to that point if you don't really just try to muster through that rejection and not let it get to you. I like um, that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, so, so you were talking about like drawing little iPads and little computers and little robots and things like that and arrows and <laughs> and and directions and containers and things. Do you think we should kind of like try and build our own kind of library of styles that we know what they all mean? Yeah, you're you're so on it. So we actually mm. call it building your visual vocabulary. Right. So the way that I love to. When I'm teaching sketchnoting, we start with lines and containers. We graduate that to people and talk about color and things. And then once you kind of get some of these foundational elements and you practice those, you could start adding in icons. And I mm. love encouraging people to start with icons that can have multiple meanings. Right. Right. So if you draw something and it can represent multiple ideas. So right. one of my favorite ones is like a magnifying glass. It's sure. just two little circles and a little whoop-de-woo for the handle. It's very simple to draw, but you can use it to like bring focus in on something. Yeah. If you're talking about analyzing information, um, you know, you can use it in many different ways. I draw it all the time because it always ends up you know, as a nice way to reflect that information. So I like encouraging people to start with icons and drawings that you can use, that are multi-purpose. Yeah. Right. And then you build your muscle memory over time after drawing it over and over again. And the thing that you want to do is when you go to Sketchnote, you don't hesitate when you are at the paper. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, You're like, yeah, I already yeah. know how to draw this. I've, I think yeah. people think part of it is magic. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe part of it is, yeah. but other part of it is the language and the vocabulary. Yeah. And people think, I think that I've never drawn these things before yeah. when in reality I've drawn them thousands of times. times. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's getting <laughs> into I, the habit, isn't it? Getting into the habit of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to build that muscle memory. So yeah. like I would just throw my early days, I would just throw paper on the wall and I would practice drawing things as quickly, especially people, quickly as possibly can, yeah. right? So that the, the lines are still clean, it still looks nice, but it's done fast because mm. when you're listening to a presentation or you're in a meeting, like it's happening in real time, right? So you have to keep up and that's yeah. quite a challenge. So you have to be able to have the muscle memory, but also quick on the draw. So literally <laughs> when yes. you are yes. you capturing like the yeah. information. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you, so practicing and putting a, setting a timer for two minutes and seeing how many magnifying glasses you can draw in two minutes, that's just going to solidify the speed and also the muscle memory that you'll need when you go oh, yeah, to yeah. be in the moment and you, yeah. they say, Oh, let's focus on this thing. You'd be like, Oh, focus, magnifying, do, do, do. And you just, yeah. you don't even have to think about it. You just draw it. Yeah, I like that. So you'd practice all your little, your little, your, you practice your little vocabulary, don't you? You, you practice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's cool. And those early days, I had like a little cheat sketchbook. Like I would carry this little sketchbook around right. with me of drawings that I would do. And I never looked at it a ton, but I was there if I needed it. Yeah, so it's like a dictionary, I... a pictionary. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was for me more confidence building. I was like, I know how to do this, right? Yeah. I can do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Is it is it better on paper or is it because you mentioned the iPad earlier? What, what, what are you? How do you feel about drawing iPads? Because I mean, I, I I've been in meetings where folks have been making all their notes on iPads, and it it's always seemed a hell of a lot harder work than doing it on a piece of paper. Yeah, there's pros and cons to both, mm. like everything in life, right? Mm. And I love to encourage people to start on paper because it's a lot easier to mm. go from paper to digital yeah. than from digital to paper. Yeah. If you start on digital, the you probably will never go to paper because it's just sure. going to feel it, like the flexibility that digital provides to you is... Like you can erase and move things around and do yeah. so many things that you cannot do on paper. Yeah. Right? So I love the constraint that paper allows. Yeah. And then I think you can take that all that practice. And when you go to digital, it's a lot easier of a learning curve because you really need to spend a decent amount of time in a drawing app to really get comfortable and you're drawing on a slippery surface. Like you can yeah. get little protectors that make it feel like paper, but it's, it's still- It's not though, is it? It's not not the same, is it? It's not the same. No. It's definitely not the same. And and like I said earlier, from a, like a barrier to entry, I don't want people to ever feel like, oh, now I have to go buy this $1,000 device just so sure. I can do this, right? Sure. Um, or, you know, sometimes the drawing programs cost money as well. So. Yeah. You know, but I was on paper for years and years and years before I ever moved to digital. And the only reason why I moved to digital was because of COVID. Yeah. So um, yes. yeah. I was, because I was 100% in person on yeah. paper before COVID. And then obviously I had to change my business model yeah. in an instant if I wanted to continue to try to work. Um, yeah, 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 of and, course. And not just be sitting around twiddling my thumbs trying to figure yeah. out what to do, right? So, what, what do you prefer? What's your favorite? Is it, go on, what's your favorite? Oh my gosh. Yeah. There, it, I don't know. It is pros and cons. I love mm. the flexibility that digital provides and it allows yeah. me to work all around the world yes. um, in just a Zoom call. I love that so much. But there, there is also nothing that beats being in person yeah. and capturing. Like usually when I'm in person, I'm capturing, you know, like conversations. Yes. And sometimes they're difficult ones. So people can see, feel seen, heard, valued. That this yeah. was a good use of their time. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. So there's nothing that really beats that personal human to human connection that paper provides and it's because it's novel still in a lot of spaces a lot of people haven't experienced it before or very few times mm. and you just can't touch information in a way that mm. you can in other yeah, situations yeah. right because when i do it in in person it's very large it's life size you know potentially eight feet 10 12 15 feet long oh, four feet real wide big. We're not, Very big. we're not just talking no. like A4 paper here. <laughs> yeah. So when oh. I get hired to do it for others, wow. you know, sketch noting is a beautiful way for people to do it small scale for themselves. But when I'm doing this for, for clients in a room, it's life size, right? Wow. So everybody can, is it important for it to be life size so that people can see it unfold in real time and solidify yeah. that experience for them, right? And I always ask people to engage with me however they want as well. Yeah. 
you know, I said, there's always one of you in every room that likes to correct people's spelling. And now is your time to shine. So you come <laughs> up and tell me if I spelled something wrong, if you want me to add something. Yeah. You know, I was doing one back earlier this year with Indigenous folks from all across Canada, and they yeah. really wanted to make sure that some of the words were translated into their language. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I'm trying to squeeze in all these like little translations, but yeah. that was really, really important to them that yeah. they felt reflected in their own language on that graphic right so it allows you to have this completely different dynamic in a sure. room in yeah. that's those spaces as well which you just can't do those types of types of work engagements over a zoom call it's just not the same so the the beauty of the human connection you can't beat when you're in person and doing it on paper um, I do ask to do digital in the room as well. And mm. that, you know, can be a nice alternative. I have mm. to do one next week for an event and digital in person, but, um, you know, paper is still a beautiful thing. That's for sure. Yeah. So the third question I ask everybody is what's your secret procrastination, your secret <laughs> waste of time when you're meant to be drawing and yeah. you're doing something else instead? What is it? Oh my gosh. I had such a hard time with these questions. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I, I, I like, honestly, my secret procrastination is wanting, like starting other businesses. Right. I like, I cannot stop my, like, I can't even go on a vacation without like analyzing people's business models. Like it's sick. I have a sick yes. condition. <laughs> <laughs> like my husband and I will go away with the kids or whatever. And I'll be like, we're not starting a business while we're away. Well, okay. No, like no, this no. is not happening. Right. And it's just like, I love brainstorming. I love seeing mm. how people run things and choices yeah. that they make. And, yeah. you know, I really, I really love, um, yeah. So I have to, I have to like stop myself. I'm like, I don't need a million businesses. I just need my one business. And my, one. cause my husband also runs a business. So we're like oh, the worst yeah. for each other. Right. <laughs> So it's no, you, you uh, only yeah, want one. My... Yeah, and no, she <laughs> got somebody fine. else. Somebody else running them all for you. You just need the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, yeah. So, so you, you've got a book out, which is called The Beginner's Guide mm. to Sketch Noting. What, 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 when did you decide to write the book, and and why? Yeah, so I started writing it um, early last year, early twenty twenty two, and it took me about a mm. year and a half to put it together. And there's a few few things that really triggered me for to actually write it. I had been thinking about it for a long time, like several years before mm. that. But I was really struggling with what kind of book I wanted to write. Mm. And I came across a book called Write Useful Books by Rob Fitzpatrick. Right. And that reading that book really encouraged me just to get started because I had this weird relationship with nonfiction and I wasn't until I read his book and, and kind of got into his, some of his community stuff is most nonfiction are idea books. Yeah. Right. And I did yeah. not want to write a book about why sketchnoting is beneficial. Yeah. Like that didn't excite me, yeah. but that's what I was finding. I was encountering a lot of these books. Then by the end of it, you're like, what did I learn? That was practical. Yes. And the example yeah. that I tend to give is 
the reason why the Atomic Habits book just skyrocketed and went nuts because he actually gives you practical things to do. It's not yeah. telling you why creating habits are a good thing. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of nonfiction is. Yeah, it's a, it's and, a, there's a lot of theory, isn't there, that you find it in the productivity, but a lot of productivity books yes. are just like theory. There's no actual yes. really how to put that theory into practice. Exactly. And I really didn't, I was not excited. I, I think I didn't realize this as I was kind of, you know, the idea was running around my head for a couple mm. of years. I, I didn't realize it until that was kind of put into words for me and that it gave me permission to write a useful book mm. um, and that really honestly hardly has any theory at all. I just have this little mm. brain science doodle guy that shows up throughout the book and just tells you about <laughs> a study or a statistic. But there's other books out there around sketchnoting that have a lot of theory and a lot of science and yeah. a lot of that stuff. And I just direct people to those. Yeah. But chances are the people that pick up the beginner's guide to sketchnoting, maybe they've heard about it before, or maybe they want to get into it and they just want to do it right away. And I was finding people would come to me up at events and, oh, I wish I could do this, or I mm. wish you could come to every meeting. And, and people were so doubtful that they couldn't do it. And I'm sure. like, it's really not that hard. Yeah. It's actually very easy. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. just have to learn these basic skills, which you can do extremely quickly and just practice and just try it and, and just know that your first one, two, 10, a hundred are, are not going to meet your level of yeah. expectation when it yeah. comes to beauty, but they don't have to be beautiful. They just have to be meaningful for you. No, you don't have learning. to put them on Instagram, do you? No, of course Ooh. not. Right. So I was really had that person in mind when I was writing it, someone who maybe wants to benefit, get the benefit of, of doing visual note taking. The great thing about as well is it's kind of a bit of an all ages thing too so yeah and i it, it could be for students it could be people in the workplace it could be like a business uh like an entrepreneur who wants to kind of try to gain some clarity in their own thinking like it can kind of be for mm. a bunch of different people but i knew it was for people who wanted to kind of experience the benefit of it and want to have fun in their learning and their thinking as well and i like yeah that. yeah i like that yeah and like um, final question i think i've got to ask you even though you said okay. gear, even though you said earlier gear doesn't matter what's your favorite pen what's your favorite pen yeah so my favorite markers are neuland n e u l a n d neuland they are based in germany and they're amazing for so are they, many are they like ways. really expensive <laughs> no they're actually very reasonably priced cool um and the thing with them is that if you're into sustainability at all, you're going to really love them mm. because I've had my markers for almost 10 years now. Really? Because they're refillable, the mm -hmm. ink, you buy the ink to fill them up um, and the tips are replaceable. Really? So the yeah, so the body of the marker, like, like honestly, I've only ever had to throw out a couple of them because they just got too gummed up with the where mm. you put the ink in. But I think I've only ever thrown out two or three, maybe in 10 years. So the markers that I have, I've had for a long time. So, and they're not really that much more expensive than other markers that sure. aren't refillable and, and, and stuff like that. And they come in so many fun, different sizes. If you really want to go crazy, you can buy all the different inks and actually make your own colors 
which oh, I do cool. from time yeah. to time. Yeah. If I'm working with a client and there's a very particular blue or something, I try yeah. to recreate it. And then you can buy empty markers and then just fill them with the ink that you made. They're pretty awesome. They're what's, pretty the awesome. what's the brand called again? What's it, what are they called? It's called Neuland. It's N-E-U-L-A-N-D. Yeah. Okay. And they oh. ship, I think, all over the world. But unfortunately, you, they're just, they're not like in regular stores no, or no. anything. You have, you have to, have you have to, to kind of buy them online. Yeah. 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 But yeah. they're pretty awesome. And I met the owner at a conference a couple years ago, and he was such a nice guy. Cool. So you definitely, uh, you know, you like supporting just good humans. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I yeah. like that. I like that. I'll, I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. Um, it's yeah. been fascinating chatting with the Ashton. I've enjoyed this. Yeah. Um, where, where, so, so where can we find you? Where can we find your website, your book, your social media? Where can we see your beautiful notes? Yeah, well, I kind of have two different spaces right now. Mm. So if you're interested, if you have like a conference or something coming up, you want to chat about me doing it for you, that's mindseyecreative.ca. All things Minds Eye Creative is my my work as a professional. Cool. If you're interested in learning about how to sketch note, what that looks like for you, I have a free newsletter, an online community, and my book at sketchnote.school. I like that. Brilliant. So yeah. what I'll do is I'll stick a load of links and everything in the show notes and folks can just tap on those and get straight to them um, nice and yeah, quickly. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, Ashton, thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It was such a I love talking. I love waking up in the morning and getting to talk about doodling and sketchnoting. So it was a good day. Thank you so much for that. Thanks again to Ashton for a time. Uh, if you've enjoyed the episode, you can subscribe for more. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon. It's absolutely everywhere. Uh, just search for the Triple T Productivity Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>